Hey guys, I'm Rain, and welcome to Web Chats, where we find the most interesting people on the internet and bring them on to hear their stories. Some of the topics we cover can be funny, interesting, maybe even a little weird, and we do get into some pretty heavy topics, things like substance abuse, suicide, sex abuse, domestic violence. So a quick trigger warning, if you're sensitive to any of those things, you're going to want to think about that before you proceed with any of our episodes, because sometimes it comes up a little bit unexpectedly. If you hear me giving advice to anybody on the show, it's just coming from my own personal experiences and it's coming from my heart, but I am not a trained professional. I've been through a lot in my life. I've seen a lot. I've known a lot of people, so I have a lot to pull from, but I am not a trained professional. The last thing before we get into the show is I want to share a few resources that may be useful for you or somebody you know. So the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is 800-273-8255. The National Child Abuse Hotline. 800-422-4453 and 24-hour drug and alcohol abuse support line including an optional 24-hour admittance to rehab is 877-987-6071. Okay, now let's get into the show. Web chats connected. Hey everybody, it's Rain and welcome back to Web Chats. Today's episode is phenomenal. My guest is Betty. She's from Hungary. She was lured here to the U.S. down in Miami under the false pretenses that she'd be working as a promotional model. When she got here, she found herself in a much, much different situation, as you can probably imagine. She was sex trafficked by an organized crime ring, some Russians, some Hungarians, and she found herself in a very difficult situation. Now, you know, normally we start these episodes. I'll read a little bit of a post that we saw on Facebook, which is where we meet most of our guests. This one's a little bit different. What Betty has done with her experience is turn that into positivity. So she's got now an organization where she helps people who are victims of sex trafficking. She has a YouTube channel called Just Patina that you should check out. That's phenomenal. And she's a moderator of a Facebook group that is a support group for sex trafficking victims. And that is where we found her. So it wasn't necessarily a post where we found her, but more so she is uh, one of the, the admins of the group. And one of the other admins suggested, hey, you should talk to Betty because she has a great story. And I'm so glad that we got that introduction because she absolutely does have a great story. So I don't have a post of hers to read for you today, but all I can tell you is that, guys, this conversation is powerful. She has so much to say. Her spirit is so powerful, and I'm super excited for you guys to hear it. So without any further ado, here is my conversation with Betty. Hi, Betty. Hey, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. How are you? Good. How are you? Let me put on the... Yeah, now you can see me too. Yeah. How's it going? <laughs> How are you? Talk to me. Oh, wonderful. Wonderful. Thank you so much for joining me today. Of course. Thank you for being here. Absolutely. <laughs> um, so you met my sister, Amber, correct? Yes, that's right. Right. And uh, and she was uh, really intrigued by your story and was excited to have you on. And she shared some of your story with me. And I'm also really excited to have you today. Um, it seems like you've been through quite a bit and you've turned it around and now you are basically a voice for people who have been through similar situations, right? Yeah. And you know, that's also what my focus is because the main idea is to going through of of an experience. That's just one thing, but a better question is that what are we going to make out of, you know, what are we going to bring it to? 
Absolutely. Yeah, I talk to people on this show every day, and that's kind of a recurring theme that I'm finding. So many people have been through so much, but that seems to always be the thing that makes us the strongest. The people who have been through the most have the opportunity to become some of the strongest people. Yeah, because you know, so so what happened that along this journey, Mm -hmm. I actually find um, my relationship with God, and that also helped me to understand that there were reasons why I had to go down that valley to come back up again and help those people and encourage those people. So that was also a major part of it. And then it, it just got down to a point when I was like, okay, if I don't do it, then who will? Absolutely. If I don't do it now, then when am I going to? Absolutely. So, yeah. Yeah. No, you're totally right about that. I mean, if you haven't seen or experienced anything, how could you have anything to use to help anybody, right? You have to have gone through that. Yeah, that's right. And also, I feel like that it's it's just very true, you know, that as deep as you're going to go down, it's going to be also as high as you're going to come up. So Sometimes even higher. I, yeah. So, um, and then, you know, at the time when I saw that, like, okay, there were times definitely when I was down, yeah, but yeah. but coming back stronger than ever. Um, and so much admiration and respect for you for that and for what you're doing right on. No, I mean, you know, you and I as well are some of the lucky ones. Not everybody makes it out of those dark times to be where we are. And so it really is even more so our responsibility to shine a light and try to help those people find their way back on the right path. Right. Yeah. And, you know, I also find it like, I just find it extremely important to talk about it, to connect with those people, because when you're down there in these places, you feel so lonely, Mm -hmm. like generally your soul feels lonely. So until I don't know who I can reach out, who I can look up to, who I can see that, okay, well, he had a horrible experience, but made it into a great story. Let me follow that path. 100%. I mean, that's pretty much the thing that excites me the most about doing this show is that every week we highlight a different person's story. And I know that we're broadcasting this out into the world and somebody is going through something very similar because if you've been through it, somebody else has been through it and they're hearing that and maybe it's giving them hope. That's the thing that makes me happy. Yeah. Um, so, So you come from Budapest, correct? Yes, that is right. I was born in Hungary. Okay. And how was life there? Um, different, that's for sure. So, um, I mean, Hungary, it's, um, economical, definitely in a very different position than the U S. Mm-hmm. So the, the life living standards are also a lot lower than they are here. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I mean, Eastern Europe, it's, it's different, you know, like whole Europe generally is different because that's, there used to be a war zone. Mm-hmm. So people's connection is different mm-hmm. because here in the U.S., I feel like uh, people can be a lot more superficial. Why there you have a lot deeper connections mm-hmm. just because families and, and people had to go through by history. Mm-hmm. So that's definitely a difference. Um, struggle, I love Struggle be- is sown into the culture there. And so it's yeah. made families more uh, tighter. And it's also probably helped you guys understand what's more important. When life or death is in front of you, then you start to really have appreciation for life more. Yeah, that's exactly what, what I'm referring to because yeah. at the end of the day, you know, what matters is human relationship. Mm-hmm. Your friends matters. Like, um, I used to have a trainer at the time who explained this to me really, really well, that imagine that you are your palm. This is you. Uh-huh. And this is your teacher. This is your mom. This is your best friend who are teaching you how to reach for things. Uh-huh. So with your own hand, your palm, you're not going to go very far. But uh-huh. by people teaching you how to reach for things, that's what life is really about. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. You can't, you can't, you can't be a complete person all on your own. Everybody impacts you and pours into you and makes you who you are. Right. Yeah, exactly. 
And that's also why it's so important to have a super system, support system, a mm-hmm. strong support system around mm-hmm. because alone with your little hand, you're not going to go very far and you feel right. so lonely. So life there was, was okay for you. Yeah. Life. Yeah. It's, um, you know, like, um, yeah, it was okay. I grew up there and, and, um, I haven't really, so this is the funny thing. I really haven't had much of a perspective growing up. Mm. So for me to even say that one day I will live in the United States, it was so far mm. that like I was even scared to say it. Mm. And mm. now it's just even funnier to look back because that the life standard is, you know, that you were born, then elementary school, then high school, then college, then you get a job, then you get a family and you pretty much live in the same district in right. your entire life. Right, yeah. right, right, right. But you had aspirations to move to the United States. It seemed like the promised land to you or what? Oh, I had aspiration to do something big always. And I always mm-hmm. wanted to change something for the better. So that's, I, I feel like from a very young age, you know, that I want to change people's perception and people's life for the better. And this is something where I'm just so committed to genuinely that for that, I had a desire as of living in the United States. That's not something what, what, I saw because again, this was not in an approachable distance, but it would have been nice. So it was always in the back of my mind that if I could move at that time, even to Germany, to UK, to, to the United States, oh my God, then I already accomplished so much in my life. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that situation went down in a very different way than. Sure. Yeah. 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 We'll get into that. I want to know this. Why is the United, and I hear this a lot from people in other countries and it's interesting for me being born and raised here in the United States, because obviously this is just normal to us. We don't see it the way other people see it. Which city were you born? San Diego. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So it's, it's interesting to hear that all the time from people. I have friends in countries all over the world. Why is it that the United States is held in such high regard? Why was it that it seemed unattainable? Oh, this will never happen. Why was that the biggest thing out there? To oh, be in the I United love States? this question. Yeah. Okay. So people <laughs> from Europe, this is, this is our perception of the United States, that uh, life is easy. Uh, it's a lot of rich people. Uh, you know, so it seems like that coming here, it's something that you can make a stable, very good life living very quick. Uh, and then all what you see, it's really, it's mostly like, you know, the LA crowd, New York, Miami, you know, with like the beautiful people, yeah. all in beautiful cars. And that's, yeah. that's the idea of the United States. Yeah. Now, what most people don't understand, and I didn't understand until I lived here too, that this is part of the States, but it's not the majority of the States. So no. until you work, as hell, you're not going to have those cars and you're not going to have those houses. You know, you know how people think about how, uh, how people display their lives on Instagram, how you just, it's like a highlight reel. You just see the United States has been doing that for a long time, way before Instagram, United States was showing the world the best of our best, all of our actors, our jewelry, our money, but there's always been an underbelly of the United States where yeah. people were working very hard. They were struggling. It's a normal country like anywhere else. But yeah, yeah people have the wrong perception a lot of times about what goes on. And also, them. if you add the celebrities to it, because really the the super, the early celebrities in the world, like majority, right. like 80, 90% of them right. is American. Right. So what you think that the United States is the dopest country in the planet right. to live in? I don't get that though. I don't understand because again, I have friends in other countries. I see how big some of these Latin stars and European stars are. I love our country and I love our celebrities, but I don't understand why they're so much bigger and so much more famous than 
celebrities and people from other countries. Like a celebrity from the United States, they'll go to another country and they'll be just as famous there. There's people waiting at the airport with signs, but celebrities from other countries, they come here, nobody knows who they are. Yeah, you know, the reason I think it's the media, hands down, because yeah. the U.S. media, U.S. United States national product, it's the media. Mm. So, of course, they're going to push their own celebrity, which is, and it's normal. Yeah. And um, I was just writing an essay about this on the other day when I finished um, my semester. And mm. that's exactly the main point, because media is so controlled by United States, you know, mm. that, mm. and it's normal because, like, if Hungary's national product is wine, then of course he's going to push wine. Right. So it's just the same thing with the TV. Right, right, right. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, we do put a lot of effort into promoting ourselves. <laughs> yeah, <sure. laughs> uh, okay, so so then, you know, so what happens next? So you have these aspirations about maybe being able to move out of your country so that you could do the work you wanted to do. And then at some point, what happens? Do you have an opportunity presented to you? Yeah, so how it was then, um, back in Hungary, I was doing hostess jobs and then vodka promotions and doing the parties, you know, and promoting the drinks, selling the drinks. Mm -hmm. So that's something where I've been involved. And then at at one point, there was a girl who seemed to have that her her life together you know mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. it's always like that mm-hmm. and then she was driving a beautiful car she was mm-hmm. traveling a lot mm-hmm. and then the life what what many girls would like to have mm-hmm. so and then she told me that there is this possibility in the united states and at that point i only knew as a promotional job so like i had not really an idea what's happening but what was sought for me it was the idea of doing the same thing in like the hundred million dollar yachts, you know, the super mm. high-end exclusive parties on the rooftops, what you see in front of your eyes as a Miami life. Um, so that's what was the idea, what I fell in love with. Mm-hmm. And then, so she... That's the idea she sold you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's an idea what it's easy to sell to anybody. Oh, of course. So, and then that's how... I I um had a con- I became in a contact with a with a I would like to say gentleman but I can't call him as a gentleman I'm so sorry. No, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it was a male person who told me that that uh, he's going to cover the second part of my flight ticket. I only have to buy one half and then just come here and then from there on he's going to provide the job and I'm going to make um this much and that much money and like under 3 months I can go back to Hungary and mm. I'm going to have thousands of dollars. Mm. So you know, it sounded good. That sounds um, great. That doesn't sound good. That sounds great. How excited were course, you at that time? If somebody would tell me today that I can go to parties and I'm going to get paid 20000 <laughs> per month, hell yeah, come on. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it's still like I'm putting myself in your, in your mind and in your shoes at that time. Uh, you're a young girl. I don't know how old you were, but you're, you seem young now. So I was sure 21. You're, you're 21. You're doing bottle promotions and stuff like that. Somebody says, hey, you know that promised land that you thought you'd never be able to make it to? You're going to go there. You're going to live an easy yeah. life. You're going to have a bunch of fun. It's all set up for you. All you got to do is go. Were you telling your friends, family, everybody? Um, I did tell my mom. And I think my mom, my mom, I feel like that, you know, generally a parent is always very cautious when, when mm. their child wants to go into a different continent. Much more but, sensible, right? Yeah. Yeah. And they also have the knowledge and the existing, you know, idea to, to, to smell the danger. Too good to be true kind of thing. Exactly. But yeah. the thing, you know, it wasn't sold to me, like how I make this in a short version, like now you, you hear it behind it, that, that it sounds like BS. Right. But like, 
at the time it was like it was during like maybe a month period of time or two you know and it was just one information at the time Mm -hmm. so it wasn't like everything all in and um yeah and then um it sounded great so of course i came here i'm like i'm gonna change the word Mm, and mm, then mm. i came here mm. so what happened so you so you so you pack all your stuff up how much stuff do you bring with you pretty much all your clothes or what do you bring i came here for a two, uh, for three months as like an esta as a european union um, member and so i came here for that three months mm-hmm. and i also like i didn't bring too many things because i'm like i'm gonna need a couple of dresses and bikinis mm-hmm. and it's still miami mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So that was the main idea. And you figured maybe you get more stuff when you got here. You just packed and came out. Because I'm also like, if I'm going to make the money off my life. (laughs) I'm going shopping in Miami. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you get to the airport, right? You get here. Uh, where where are you now? If you want to say you don't in have Miami, to... I'm still down here. Oh, in Miami. you are. So you're in Miami. Wonderful. Uh, so you come to Miami and you get off the plane and what? Who picks you up? So they picked me up. They sent me the driver who picked me up and then they took me um, somewhere in between Miami and Fort Lauderdale. They are next to the highway mm-hmm. in like a very small building, which it didn't look good, but they told me that it's just going to be for a couple of days until we figure it out that where to stay, how to, mm-hmm. and then we can move on from then. So it's just going to be a night or two. Okay. So the driver is just a driver guy, right? How's your conversation with him on the way to this place? Did anything seem odd at first or did it seem no, happy? They seemed, I mean, it wasn't too man, too many, too much conversation, but it okay. was just like casualties. How was sure. the flight? Yeah. Yeah. So you're not thinking too much of it. Now you see this building and when you get there, are there like men waiting inside for you or who no, was No, I was dropped you? down in a hotel room for the okay. first two nights. And okay. then after that two nights, that's when they took me up and they took me into an apartment um, with other girls around. Oh, okay. So tell me about that day. What happens that day? Um, the day when I went to the other apartment. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So that apartment was not in a very good neighborhood, mm-hmm. if I can put it that way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, in that apartment. What were apartment, the other girls like? Yeah, yeah. Tell me. Tell me. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. So it was three bedrooms, and it was like at least five or six girls staying there. And then, mm-hmm. at that point, I started to think that this is it's it's not looking very good. Mm. but that you know i see them getting stuff together whatever and then i met the guy who was the organizer guy who was the main guy Mm -hmm. so then he told me that the parties are gonna come later but first i have to do this 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 all the way down and then i also get instructions you know that i don't want to talk about stuff on the phone i don't want to call my family on the phone like i don't want to try to run away because so during the period of time they were mostly like coming with the immigration that they were calling immigration on me that the phones are tapped. And then with the girls, it was like, it was someone always around, you know, there was no such a thing as, as anybody would have been left alone. Mm-hmm. So, so this first day, I want to really kind of figure out, I'm, I'm trying to get to this mm-hmm. moment where you really realize like, wait, something's not right here. So you get into this apartment, there's maybe five, six girls staying in a three bedroom. What is it that you saw them doing that made you first, when, what's that first moment? What did you see that made you realize something's not right here? I did see them in and out, getting in and out. And then, I mean, we talk about 2 p.m., 10 a.m. when there are no parties running, you mm. know, and they are dressed out with their hair, with their full makeup coming. So you're going. like this. This, is, this doesn't look like promotional yeah, modeling. It doesn't look, yeah, and you have that much common sense to recognize that this is something like, wait a minute. Right. And then, and then 
uh, a day later or two, the guy who was organizing, he asked me for the passport saying that uh. he needs to have a copy. And then that's when I was like, you know, like that's like a major red flag. Like I, I can't. And yeah, you didn't want to give it to him. Of course not, but he said that he needs it for the record. And it, the the way how he said it is that it needs for he needs it for protection because if I disappear or something happens with me, then they have to look by name mm. and you know by passport number to find out what I am. And then, go ahead. No, 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 please, 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 go ahead. Yeah. So then that's when 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 I was I was in a full denial until like a while in it because I kept telling to myself that this is not happening to me, mm. but it was happening to me. Mm. So that was the first point when I, when I get that, that when the passport thing happens and then after like, as of the operation of the organization, it was more from like 12 PM until 12 AM. And I have never seen one party, one yacht, one nice car or one nice house in my entire time. (laughs) (laughs) When that's crazy. That's crazy. I mean, I can only imagine you're in this situation. You're going, what have I got myself into? When this guy, when this guy starts running down these rules to you, what kind of rules did he give you? Aside from, you said, he said, you know, you don't want to run away, but what else did he say to you? And, and just by saying, don't run away, that kind of in its own way is saying, Hey, you're stuck here, right? Like don't yeah, try to run. And not That's only crazy. That, because there were girls who, who disappeared. Now, disappeared in a sense that I know that they were there, they were, their staff were there. And then one day they were gone. Mm. So that was also like a very big, big red flag, you know, mm. that if, if you are in a comfortable situation, you do not run away. No. Now, and leave what all they stuff told, behind. exactly. And then what they told us to the girls, it was that a rich guy find him, find her and she's getting married. Right. They yeah. softened it up, but that was bullshit. Yeah, and they were always trying to put it into an angle where what it was the girl's fault. It was never their fault. Mm, mm, yeah, as of, of course. As of instructions, then it was like basically I had to do anything what the male who I was with wanted to do, like regardless, you know. So going there, spending time, drinking, having sex, having sex multiple times, I had to do it, and from a standpoint that. I would not want it to tell the clients, you know, that something something not right is going on because we were in the belief that they were close friends with the owner. Then we were also in the belief, mm. you know, that that other girls are dead around. I should not be calling like again, you know, saying You never that, know who you can trust. Yeah, exactly. And and even like, you know, buying like food for like grocery and stuff like that, the driver had to take me, wait oh. with me, come into the store with me and wow. take home. They weren't you know, taking any chances with you guys. No. Wow. Um, who, and I don't know if this is something that you talk about, but so the organizer guy, was this the same person you spoke with before you left, your, before you left home? Yeah. Yeah. And it at was. the beginning, he seems to be this super cool guy, you know, mm-hmm. who knows everything. And he came to the States and then he find out how to make money and you want to be around him. So that was his, his, persona um, and was he hungarian too yeah oh, okay yeah okay. he was hungarian too and that's why i think so during the days there were like almost a little bit over 300 girls involved wow yeah it wow. was great yeah 
just in different apartments all over the place? Was it mostly in Miami or were they everywhere? It was most, it wasn't like, uh, in, it's Miami area, but it's not like in Miami downtown. It's like around, like for, for those people who are like familiar with this area, then it's more like up into I-95 down, you know, like it's, it's spread out. Mm, mm. But all in, all in that same area of Florida. Uh, yeah, it was the same area. And then there were calls where we had to go to um, up from like Homestead until up to like Palm Beach. Okay. So that's like a pretty big area covered. But nothing else. So they weren't doing anything in like New York, California, uh, Chicago, uh, nothing like that. It was all basically. Yeah, Florida. he said that he had contacts everywhere. And then and then the time came in like you know during the whole time when i started to say that like this is it's not good for me i want something else like i i started to complain a lot mm. so then he had the idea to send me to new york and then now new york was when really things got a whole lot worse like a lot lot worse because in miami it was probably daily about like five six men who we really? had to see yeah wow. and did you have sex with most of them all of them. All of them. Yeah. Yeah. There was no yeah. whining and dining. It was just no, a prostitution no. ring. Yeah. Nobody yeah. takes it to the nice restaurants. No. Yeah. 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 And where did you, where did this stuff happen? Before we get to New York, I, I guess oh, I yeah. should ask more about your experience there. So, where yeah, did so this, these yeah. were in there in the client's houses because we went to house calls. So okay. the driver comes, picks, picks us up and then takes us to the house, waits us at the house, then back mm-hmm. in the car, back in the house. If there are multiple calls, then house to house to house. And these clients, would they pay you or they had already paid to the organizer guy? Or how they did that would work? pay me. Um, and then how the structure was set up, it's it's actually kind of, I always want to say that funny, but mm-hmm. because how the structure was set up that the client pays me, mm-hmm. I have to pay the pimp. I also have to pay the driver. Mm-hmm. I also have to pay a fee for the apartment. Mm-hmm. So really what I have left with, it's not much more than buying food. Oh, okay. So they did they did let you keep some money, but it was just enough to feed yourself and that was it. Yeah, exactly. Wow, that's brutal. And did you ever, were there ever any conflicts between these girls and the organizer guy that you saw get kind of ugly? Was it, were they ever violent? Um, I know that once I got, I got like, not like beat up, but like slept really bad once because, um, uh, my blood job performance was not enough good. Like I hands down it remembered the experience because mm-hmm. you, you know, doing enough good. And then I remember, you know, but mm-hmm. besides that, I have not seen girls being beat up that I couldn't say that, but there were always girls who were favorites. Mm, mm. And there were always girls who were less favorites. Mm, mm. And was there a lot of drama between the girls as well? It was a lot of drama, yeah, because also, so at some point, then drugs started to get involved in the whole organization very heavily. Mm. And and they were not only selling girls, they were also selling drugs. Mm. Now, when you already take a massive situation like this and you add drugs to it, it makes it a whole lot worse. It explodes, right? Yeah. Um. That's that's all so insane. Um, these guys must have been making a lot of money. Yeah, and you know, I also think because most of them were a heavy drug addicts, mm. and then when when they started to get caught up more, it was it wasn't even coke; it was coke and crystal. So, 
Yeah, and crystal crystal meth makes people very ugly. Like For it sure. literally puts you from inside out. Yeah, complete and, psychosis. Yes. Um. So how were you emotionally dealing with this situation now? You didn't ask for this. This was something different than what you had expected. You get out here, you're basically trapped now. This is, this is the kind of standard situation of human trafficking that we see, yeah. right? Which is where somebody is lured away from their country to another country, their passport's removed from them, and they're basically told, this is what you're going to do. You got no choice, and then, you, and then you're stuck there doing it. How were you dealing with this emotionally? Um, I was in a complete denial for a very long time. In fact, because I've heard it so many times saying, you know, that that's all what I was born to do, that I would never make, never make it out better. Like my brain is not my power. Mm. Um, these were mostly like the sentences, what I can remember. So it was in, in my mind, I was in a, in, a, in a state of mind when I was like, okay, maybe this is really all what I was born to do and maybe that's all what I can be useful for. Mm. And I started to accepting this or even telling it to myself and, mm. and every single person around me, this is what they are like putting into your head mm. so much. Mm. So then I'm like, okay, I mean, you know, but... They brainwashed the shit out of you, didn't they? They brainwash the shit out of everyone, yeah. every single one. Because yeah. especially now, you know, the more that I work with with this woman and with these ladies, these are. Uh, it's so funny because these sentences I can hear it back every single time. Same they, shit. I'm yeah. telling you, all the people I talk to, what you're telling me, it's the same thing. This is the this is the uh, abuse or, or, or uh, brainwash starter kit, right? It's the yeah. same as like advertising or marketing or anything you take a single idea and you beat it into somebody's head over and over again and eventually they start to believe it it's just yeah. who we are as humans we'll adapt exactly. eventually and again you know if you are that one person and you are surrounded with 10 other who are telling you the same thing that you don't work nothing you are not smart you better if you don't think just follow my orders i will take care of you blah 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 you know then then i'm gonna follow because I was I was in a belief for a while that that, that guy is gonna protect and is gonna take care of us. Like no, like I could tell you like multiple stories when they were sending guys to rob the girls. Wow. So wow. Yeah, they're not gonna do anything. Did it did at some point you even find yourself maybe having affection towards these people who basically captured you just because you were so brainwashed into this lifestyle? Um that I don't, I can't say it. I never had no, any. You never liked them. No, they were not attracted to me at all because it's it's just my attraction at the time was someone who like you know smart, educated businessman, businessman mm. type. What I was looking for, and I cannot look at these people as a businessman who is taking advantage of other persons. Sure. So you didn't like anything about them? No, but in fact, I had to have sex with them. So that was almost in the contract. Like it, it comes with it. I'm sure. I'm sure. Um, so that must have been difficult. Now, your parents, you had no contact with them at all? Yeah. So about that, like when I was 16, my dad uh, left the family. And, and then so it's, it, it brings a lot of confusion. Like, And I see... Mm especially later looking back, I see how much I missed having a, having the male figure in the life. And then my mom was there working for like all three of us. I have two brothers too. 
So it's a lot of pressure on he, on her, not mm-hmm. only dealing with a divorce, you know, mm-hmm. but also like try to raise three kids in the same time. So that yeah. was a lot. Now, I have a very close relationship with my mom. And I think that my mom knew all the way down that that something really not good is going on, not good is going on. But I never really said it by words. And, and I think she was just happy to, to give me a space or give me a person who was there next to me. So when, when things come down, came down to the end, like still as of today, I don't talk to her, like going deep down into experiences, you know, she Mm -hmm. knows that it happened Mm -hmm. and because I don't want to hurt her feelings and I don't want to need the details. No, no. And I don't think so. It does. It won't serve her. There's nothing no. that she needs to have that image of that happening to her daughter. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's not going to change anything. No. Yeah. But so you did have some communication with her during this time. You were allowed to call her and stuff like that or no? Yeah, I would call her um, and I would talk to her. Um, and, and I still would like maybe not every day, but at least like once a week or so. Okay. So yeah, I would talk to her for the rest of the family. I wasn't very close to them. So it's kind of like, both of my brothers lived their life at the time. And Mm -hmm. then my dad wasn't around. So it was really just Mm. her and I. Mm -hmm. And that all probably also added to what allowed this whole thing to happen, right? Because if you were closer with your family, if your dad was still around, maybe somebody would have stood up sooner and said, get your ass back home or tried to do something to figure out what was going on. But your mom was too busy to really see it. Yeah. And I also think that, you know, there are other other main thing to to see this that every girl every woman who i work with mm-hmm. a dad issue is an issue a very oh, yeah. serious one 99% if not 100 a dad left the family a dad relationship was broken a dad was beating up the girl so it's you know like it's it, i can't even emphasize this enough how important it is the, for a male to stay even if they divorce I get it, but you still have kids to take care of, stay in their life, talk to them, be the part of their experiences. Yeah. I say almost exactly what you just said on almost every episode because that is, I found the same thing to be so, so true. Now, mothers are very, very important too, and fathers are also important to the sons. But there is no, in my experience and from my observation, there is no relationship that is as important as and as impactful as the relationship between a father and the daughter. That one, yeah. if there, if something goes wrong there, you almost always see it in the woman when she grows up, just like you said. Yeah, and even like to to add to this, so the, the interesting thing, right? Because mm-hmm. for a for a girl to have the dead dead relationship in the life, the dad is gonna teach you or teach a girl how to be treated by a man. Mm -hmm. So if that's missing, then that's when a girl gets confused and doesn't know what to expect. So Mm -hmm. this can be, you know, age, anything like an abusive relationship, really anything. A mom also, because a mom is going to teach her how to behave. Mm -hmm. A mom is going to teach her how to be a woman. Mm -hmm. Now for guys, when like my brother, like he's gay, right? Mm -hmm. And it's the same thing just Mm -hmm. as missing the dead figure. Mm -hmm. So I can relate to that. Now Mm -hmm. he knows how to be in a relationship because he gets that from my mom's side, but Mm -hmm. he's missing the dead figure very strong. The mother and the father figure is one of the most perfect things designed by life, right? The balance of those two things. 
Exactly. The balance of how those two play out. Mom might be too loving and dad balances it out. Dad might be too stern and mom balances it out. And that in millions of different ways plays out as you're raising a child. And when you have mom and dad there in a healthy relationship, you can really grow up well-rounded and healthy and happy. Yeah. But when one is missing, you're always going to be a little off balance. You're going to see it. Yeah. That's so true. And also like, because I, I understand when, when a relationship doesn't work, Mm -hmm. uh, work out between the parents, but it's just so important to still stay in the, the kid's life because kids are so confused, especially at the divorce. Mm -hmm. So it's, it just talk to them, you know, just be Mm -hmm. the part of that life, even if not a hundred percent, but at least 20%. And knowing that you wanted to be there and knowing that you're trying as hard as you can, whatever that ends up being, but knowing that you haven't abandoned them, given up on them, they're not thrown out. That's very important. That's super important for them to know that you cared and that you were there as much as you could be. That's really all you can do. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so glad you said that because I, I say this on every episode, but you're the first person who's really echoed that back to me because you see it too. Like that's so important. Yeah. I think that's the most important thing for dads to know that they matter, especially to their daughters. They have. Oh to yeah, a lot. Because yeah. you know, I, I work with these communities. I work with these ladies. So of course there are patterns what you see. Exactly. And you know, the same sentences are coming out from every person's mouth. And, and that's when you start paying attention that, wait a minute that maybe that's going to be an origin of the problem. Exactly. When you notice that pattern, it's not a mistake. That's just what yeah. it is. Yeah, I've noticed the same pattern. Um, okay, so so you start kind of complaining about your situation in Miami. You don't like it there. And they offer to send you off to New York, right? Yeah, that's right. Okay. And how did you feel about that as a solution? Is that what you meant by I'm not happy, send me to New York? Or did you mean I'm not happy, I want to go home? Like, how, how was that for you as a solution? Um, It was... I was trying to believe that it's going to be better because Mm -hmm. what they said that it's going to be more stable. And then I was like, maybe, you know, to change the climate a little bit, it's going to change. And Mm -hmm. then it's, it's just going to put me in a different, different position. Yeah. That's really what I was thinking. Mm -hmm. And, and at that point, like I just started to crave normal life, you know, like the life when, when I have a job, the life when I can go home, Mm -hmm. like the, the, the stable things in life. Mm. So that's what, what he told me that New York is going to look a lot more like that. Mm. Um, so then I, I went to New York and then, yeah, that's not how it looked like. (laughs) At this point, I, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but just based on what you've told me at this point, I'm kind of assuming that like you've taken on the role that like, this is who I am. Basically at this time, you're like, you're not fighting it as much. You're saying, I have sex for money. This is my job. And what's next tomorrow? You're not even so much looking for the exit as you might have been in the beginning when you weren't so convinced. That yeah, at the beginning, thing. I was definitely looking how to end this. And that the, right. at the end, I was there was the single thing what I was fighting for. But in, in between, right? yeah, there was, a, there was a stage when I accepted. I'm like, okay, right. what? Well, that's, that's really who I am. Right. And then that point, I really wanted to focus on that okay, if this is what I have to do, then can I make money with it? Right. I, 100%, that's what I wanted to figure out, but I 100% understand that. I'm following your thought pattern a million percent. I think that makes perfect sense. In the beginning, you're shocked. You're like, get me out of here. At some point, they convince you, and now you're just like, okay, how do I make the best of this? And then we'll get to yeah. the end, but I'm sure at some point you snapped out of it, and it was like, get me the hell out of here, right? Yeah, because that's, when, when you find yourself in a bad situation, then then and I think naturally everybody should look for what, how can I make it better? What is it going to come out for me? For sure. It's survival mode, basically, right? You're like, okay, this is what I'm dealing with. How do I deal with this? Yeah, exactly. 
so why did it get bad in New York? Tell me what happened there. Okay, so in New York, there was, um, I truly believe that it was Bronx, but I tell you the thing I don't remember. So mm-hmm. if I were there, I could not tell you what was the street, where was the house. I just know that it was outside of uh, Manhattan. And um, there was this house. Uh-huh. It was small <coughs> and ugly and horrible. And it's it wasn't even really a house. It was mm-hmm. a lot more like a room in someone's roof and and then, so that's where I was staying. We an don't know attic, basically. Hmm? That's what they call an attic. So the the space yeah. above the, yeah. above, in the roof. I'm sorry, that's my English, yeah. No, yeah, it's fine. That's what I'm telling you. Okay, so you were in an attic. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and then it was very dirty. So I remember that the first day when I get there, I just wanted to clean the place. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I cleaned it as much as it was. Now, now, at that point, the situation came down that prices were dropped down to a third of with what it was before. Mm-hmm. And then I had to see 10 to 12 men per day. To make the same money. Yeah. And again, minded that like, you know, I have to have sex with them multiple times if they want to. So that's a so, lot. So, so that's, that fucking sucks. How was the, what was the price structure and what was the, so it was based on what time or something? How, what was the, what, what, what it was, was the typical? Time, yeah, it was time. Somebody could have t- stayed either 30 minutes or an hour, depending okay. on what they wanted. Okay. And then it was the, they would give me the money and it's the same thing. I have to give a percentage. I have to pay for the house. I have to pay for transportation if it's needed. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, as of the structure, it was very similar to, to, to the same before. The only difference was that before the, the price, can I, can I say prices? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so before uh, in Miami, it was 300 for an hour. Now in New York, this was a hundred for an hour. Oh, so a third of the price. Yeah. So that wow. was a big difference. Not only that a third of a price, but it's also twice as much men to see. So, right. Of course, to make the same money. Because did they have like a quota, like a minimum amount that you, they needed you to make? Or was that what you needed to do to survive so you could eat? There was no minimum quota, but the the girls were like pushing it. You know, it's like, mm. okay, I made a thousand. Okay, I made 800. Okay, so I it's made- almost like the 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 community they created kind of feeds itself so they don't even have to push it because you're busy competing with the other girls and they're putting pressure on each other and stuff exactly Mm. exactly it's like almost like a competition the who makes more it's almost like a cult yeah yeah right yeah it's crazy um and so what kind of hours are you working then all day long is like you know was this between a set time or was it just whenever somebody wanted to see you you had to be available 24 hours a day I believe that it started from 10 in the morning. I'm, I'm a little hesitating if it was 9, 10 or 11, but it started at like around that time. And it was like for like a solid 10 hours. So it was like almost like a 10 hour shift mm-hmm, when mm-hmm. I had to be ready in the apartment. Okay. So there then, was some point where you were unavailable and you could like sleep, eat and, and not be bothered. Yeah. Now, just keep it in mind that like when you have to have sex this amount a day, then your body is physically drained. Oh. So when you are not dead, you want to sleep. Oh. It's eat, sleep. Did you have days off? Because um, oh. I'm trying to tread lightly on, on how graphic to get here, but I assume that's a lot of wear and tear on your body, right? Yeah. And no, no days off. Like even like, not even only like on the days when I would get my period and, oh. and even like, this like this story was like down in Miami. Like there was one when I got like really damaged, you know, like someone was like 
way out of control. Mm -hmm. So that point, you know, it's like, you just can't do it. Like physically your body can't do it anymore. And then, and then what the guy told me is like, okay, so like right now, if I can have sex, then I can just suck their dick. Like Mm -hmm. it's, it was so it, that is no such no a day off. No. Yeah. How dehumanizing, how did that make you feel? Or were you so in survival mode that like it didn't even phase you? New York got, got bad. Like that, that was really bad. Like I remember like it was, it, I didn't even matter anymore. If my hair was washed, if I didn't eat for days and it's, I could have survived on like uh, water. So that, that's, that's when, when thing was just, you must have looked horrible. I, in fact, did. <laughs> you must have, I mean, really, you must have looked yeah. so like a zombie. I'm picturing. Like, you, you know, like, bags under the eyes, like barely making it through. And it's, I didn't even put makeup on, like nothing. I just didn't care anymore. You were just dragging your body. Yeah. Yeah. So, Ugh. yeah, that I mean, was you look so beautiful, so healthy today. But I can imagine <laughs> yeah. that. I mean, I can imagine that that was a very rough time for you. It's a lot of emotional damage to go through. Like that's the best way. And I genuinely think that, you know, how you feel inside, that's how you're going to feel outside. Sure. And, and you know, it's, it's the person's energy. Mm-hmm. Did, you, did you ever get into drugs to try to cope with all that? Oh, we had, we almost like we had to get into drugs, but that started mm-hmm. out in Miami. Like mm-hmm. I have tried drugs back in Hungary before. So <coughs> that's, that's something what happened before, but I was not uh-huh. like, caught up on it now mm-hmm. in miami drugs came together so it was in like daily basis it was it was in the hand it was in the kitchen it was everywhere uh, uh. so that that became the part of it i never really liked drugs in a in a level that that i would take them for days mm-hmm. like there were definitely times you know when like when i did them and and it was fun but that was not most of the day. So like when I was there put in the situation that like, I didn't want it to go and see someone. And then it's like, okay, well, take this crack, take this Coke, take this, you know? So that became a habit. And, and that, yeah, I never really liked drugs. It was, it's just, I like to be clean. Yeah. Yeah. But I understand that what you're saying is that it would put you in the mood where you could deal with it because you had to get it, yeah. you had to get it together, smile and go do it. So at least if you could get high, then you could, it would yeah. make, it would force it. You could force yeah. the happiness. Yeah, and then also, you know, like at one point it came down to this organization when they were not only selling girls, they were also selling drugs. So if somebody wanted drug, then I would take it and I would just give it because mm. they wanted it and it was on hand. So it's like almost like selling water or bread. So you were also bringing drugs to your clients is what you're saying? Well, occasionally, yeah. It wasn't on, on it wasn't frequently, but it happened. Right, right. Um, so... At what point were it? So I didn't, I don't know if I asked you this. How long were you in Miami before you went to New York? Oh, wow. Let me think about that question. I came here in 2012 and uh, it was 2015 when I left. And I believe that New York was somewhere around like the last six months. Okay. So you were there around 2015. So about three years or so before you went up there. Okay. Wow. And so you had a rough six months. In this house where you were living in the attic, were there other girls living there as well? Yeah, there was a girl living with me. And in fact, there was the, she was the girl who reported always to the owner. 
Okay. So that's how the system worked. That if I wanted to go buy food, then she's gonna tell her that when do I leave? When am I gonna get back? Wow. She was the one who was doing the accounting section, you know, to count that how much money goes to who. Right. Where do they have to leave the money to be picked up? Well, I wonder so, this is how did they I'm sorry to cut you off. How did how did they enforce that? Because if you say they weren't very violent or you didn't see them getting too violent, what would they have done if you would have said, you know what, F you, I'm not gonna report anything. I'm going here, I got something I want to do. Bye. Did you ever do that or or yeah. yeah, so the thing how happened that after the first month, I should have uh, flown out with my visa, right? right. So, oh, yeah. yeah, and then on that night, I supposed to leave to Canada. Like, I exactly remember the night. Mm. Now, on that night, the guy took me to a party with him when we were drugged out, everybody, uh, and uh, I missed my flight. Uh, now, I missed my 90-day window, uh, so I couldn't leave anymore. At that point, I was illegally in the United States, so I had no really option to leave. Uh, and even if I leave, how am I going to get a job? Uh, so this is, so this is, they didn't need the threat of violence because they had the threat of jail, basically. We've got your oh, passport. Yeah, full on. We're hiding you. And if you speak up or do anything, then we'll tell on you or whatever. Yeah, they would. That's what they said, that they would have been <laughs> the one calling the immigration because it happened right. before if a girl tried to steal from them. So they really they, would do it. Yeah. Every once in a while, they probably have to do it just to prove that it's a real threat. So they'll actually call them on somebody. That's horrible. They said that they called. I don't know if they physically called because if a girl was deported, I never met the girl again. So that's like, you never really know what really happened in the story. For all you know, they could have killed her. I like to think that they didn't, but yeah, that can happen too. Could have. You wouldn't know, right? Could have. That's pretty scary. So, so you're, you're really meeting your wits end here in New York. You're not looking good. You're not taking care of yourself. You're putting your body through a whole lot. Emotionally, are you starting to fall apart? For sure. Like, yeah. And I didn't really see any way out. And at that point, I, I, I started to avoid taking drugs because I know that drugs can mess up a mind very much. So I just wanted to be clean and I wanted to get over with and I wanted to figure it out that what am I doing? So I constantly kept looking into options that like, okay, what's next? What's next? What's coming? How am I going to solve this situation? Mm. And um, there was the time when, when I started to look for the windows, you know, when nobody paid attention, when nobody knew if I was somewhere where I was. So the options what I have for uh for leaving. So um then there there was this day when it came, there was like in the morning when the girl who I was staying with she left and I physically could leave the apartment. So that's when I just put my luggage together and then I went first I remember the T Mobile changed the phone number. That's how I got the New York phone number. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I also went to the Bank of America, and I blocked my phone, my um, card. Mm. And, and then after I, I had a friend, and then since then, I have not talked to them. They did not find me, and that was the last day. Wow. Wow. Haven't spoken to them, haven't talked to them. Do you know uh, where they are, Facebook or anything like that? Have you seen them? Or, like- uh, there were times when I was looking at it, but the thing is that I even try to avoid everybody who is Hungarian as much as possible. So even if I hear someone talking or speaking Hungarian around me, I don't answer, especially I don't, I don't answer wow. Hungarian and I just walk away. Wow. 
And because of your, people just listening to our podcast can't see you, but because of your skin color and because of the kind of people who are in Miami, you can easily blend right in because you have like an olive complexion. You could be Puerto Rican. You could be anything else if you didn't say anything, right? Yeah, exactly. And in fact, so the funny thing is that like mostly people start talking to me immediately Spanish. Yeah. So I go with it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's funny. So so how did you get back from New York to back to Florida? And two questions. One, how did you get back? Did you have the money for a flight or what? And then two, why would you come back to Florida where all those people are? Why wouldn't you go somewhere else where you're not going to run into them? Okay. So what happened was then in Las Vegas, I actually met a guy who was my first serious boyfriend and, and he did, uh, he, he did love me very much. And like, I like Miami as a city. I never had a problem with Miami as a city. Sure. And uh, now I knew that at that time, the investigation was fully on going on for this organization, you know? So I knew that it's going to be in a very short period of time when they're going to be gone. Oh, how did you know they were being investigated? um, Because there were some rumors who, what I've heard that somebody reported them and that I started to see signs, you know, like, like police cars would, it looks very much like surveillance for me. Do you think so, that was because you were doing drugs or do you really think in hindsight that you were seeing that stuff? No, no, I'm fully sure. And, okay. and I'm even more confirmed right now because they get sentenced. Oh, okay. So, so it did happen. That's what it was. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Wow. Okay. So you saw the signs that the, the ship was going down anyway. Yeah. The ship was starting to go down a lot, lot before than I thought it was because so these kind of investigations are running for years. It's not mm-hmm. like what you imagine in a CSI Miami that somebody shows up and then 24 hours later, everybody's arrested. And right. yeah, it's not how it looks. Right. It really looks a lot more like years of surveillance. Right. People, um, undercover a- agents around the organizations, mm-hmm. uh, recording, listening, mm-hmm. um, constructions front of the other house. It's more like what you see in mafia movies. Yeah, but the way they investigate it, organized crime is much more yeah, in depth. Because yeah, because it's an organized crime. Like this is this is human trafficking, this is sex trafficking, this is money laundering, this mm-hmm. is drug trafficking, mm-hmm. and the line can go on and on and on. I actually was wondering where do you think the end of that line was? Is there some sort of a like Hungarian mafia that you think they're connected to, or do you were these just guys that were doing this? What do you think? The the guy who was running the agency here in the United States, he was half Russian, half American. Ah. And then there were uh that the guy who was bringing the girls, he was Hungarian. So that's why most of the Eastern European girls were coming. Got it, got it. And got it. um that's how they were built up. Now the Russian guy, he was in and out of jail in his entire time. So he could draw the attention of like, you know, the police within a minute because he was a convicted felon. Mm. So that is not much thinking what they have to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I knew that I just heard people saying it. And then I knew that the, there was a very serious investigation against them. So, and then when I saw that, like, okay, wait a second, this is going to be over. It's because um, I saw their, um, their Instagram profiles and then I started to see that multiple people were like posting pictures from Hungary. So I'm like, okay, if they are there, then this shit is done. Mm, got it. You mean they've gone home, they've gotten out of there. They have been deported for sure because yeah. I know that their life, that, that everything was here and right. they thought that they know things. Now, when I see multiple girls, you know, like, sharing that 
the things on social media that they are back in Hungary, mm -hmm. I'm like, okay. So, so then how did you end up getting, again, how did you end up getting back to Miami? Why did you come back to Miami? I know you know that the ship was going down and all that. And then, so why did you decide to come back to here? You just not here. Yeah, that, that was an investigation. And then, and then um, when I was an illegal immigrant, in fact, then they arrested me at one point oh. um, for being illegal. Oh. And then, yeah. And then they had to put, um, I'm not, I'm not even sure how you call this. Um, like an order when when i couldn't leave a certain area and that sure. was down here in miami sure it's like it's a very mild version of like almost a witness protection you know when that it's a certain designated area where you cannot leave got it and so this is that brings up another question for me when you went to new york did uh, originally from miami did you drive there no could, i flew there how did you fly without having id and all that did they give you your id for that like you were illegal already how did you fly yeah my passport was back at the time so i used the passport and the passport was expired you know because when when you go through especially if you're not a u.s citizen then you cannot fly with an id right you need the passport right so yeah my when my passport expired then then i had it but i couldn't use it so but when you fly they only look at the id picture they don't look at the visa stamps expiration not for a domestic flight no but yeah. the way how i've been caught in um a, and went to jail for um what was that for oversending my visa mm -hmm. it was the same reason because once they just flipped that page uh -huh. and you know i was standing there and i'm like jesus christ like shit is going down and was the guy like do you realize you're years over on your visa what did he say when he saw it well, they were asking for a proof of residency, and I said that I can prove a residency. Like, I mean, it's it's not much more you can say when you're right. tired with years. Like, that's right. not a couple of days. That's like right. you were fully aware of it. Right. Yeah, I know. I've I haven't been caught in that situation, but I used to drive on a suspended license a lot, and when I get pulled over, they'd say, "Can I see your license?" And I'd just be like, "Ah, yeah." I <laughs> Let's just go on thing. to the next step. What's next after yeah. that? <laughs> yeah, I had the same thing with the insurance that that it's just I forget to pay it, you know, yeah. and that it's a thirty day window, yeah. and I get pulled over that I don't have an insurance. I'm like, "What are you talking about?" Like, my insurance <laughs> isn't out to pay. I'm like, "Oh, wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you come back to Miami, and what do you do when you get back? So what I didn't know, um, because um, my boyfriend at the time, he, he got me an attorney. And what okay. I didn't know, that actually I can apply for residency based on being a human, traf human trafficking oh. victim. And in fact, that thing did save my life, hands down. Because That's I great, actually. Because no I, I don't think we talk enough about any of the good programs that the government has. I mean, there's a lot that government gets wrong, but that's great that there is a program for somebody like that. That's great. Yeah, and okay. then I, in fact, would like to mention this very much because I had no idea that these resources are available. I, I didn't know because even when I would see human trafficking hotlines or stuff like that. What I thought at the time, then I will talk to an 80 years old lady who is going to tell me that I'm wrong and I'm not even a U.S. citizen, so mm. nobody's going to have. Mm. But that's just so wrong because they are there to have. Like call them and contact them because they are mostly, these are people who have been through these experiences and they want to have. And again, government has a lot of resources for this. So I didn't know that I can I can have a green card or a residency based on something like this. 
And mm-hmm. that was one thing. And not even that, like when I, when I received my green card, the first thing was to go back to college. And in, again, my imagination is at that time that I, well, I don't really have money. How am I going to pay for college? Well, guess what? College has a lot of funding for this. So when you go there proving that you're a human trafficking victim and, and you had been go through this and you can prove it with, with paperwork, like, they are giving so much scholarship uh, for me at this point that like I almost could make a life living only on scholarships. Wow. That is so amazing. I'm so glad that you shared that because that's the kind of information that somebody can hear that and completely change their life. If there is like, don't you wish that you would have heard something like this when you were sitting in that attic in New York? Oh, hi. Yeah. I wish somebody would have told me and it's, it's you know and the, the really because so for green card also they required me to go through therapy mm-hmm. so this means that i have to go to physical uh, uh, or i'm i know as you say this indifferently in english the uh, the therapy yeah what the lady like works on your mind and on the, the therapist yeah therapist yeah. yeah yeah so they walk through and they make sure that the injuries, what was there previously in a person, it start healing. Because when, when a person starts coping with these things on their own, that's what can bring to uh, or lead to an alcohol addiction, a drug addiction, a lot of confusion. So this is a therapy, what, what everybody wants to go through, because it does have hands down. In fact, then this therapy also has a bunch of other resources, how to get housing, Mm. how to get, you know, food stamps, mm. how to look for a job, mm. how to apply for school. Mm. So it, it, the program really does have to, to a survivor to become a part of a society again. Wow. Wow. That makes me so happy to know that there's that much support out there for somebody in the situation that you were in. That's fantastic. Yeah, definitely. That's definitely. a beautiful thing. Yeah, that's so great. Um, so you went to school then. So you got your green card. That's fantastic. And then you went to school. What did you go to school for? Oh, okay. This is, so I think this is my new addiction. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So I am finishing my BA right now in international business. Now, in the meantime, I also get an associate degree in sustainability from Harvard. Mm. Um, Look at you. (laughs) Yeah. That's so cool. You got an AA from from Harvard? Yeah. Dude, that's amazing. Yeah. amazing. Okay. Yeah. So first of all, when I wrote my SAT, then that's that was it was just so funny because so my first language is not english right so i knew that i have a disadvantage because i have to translate back and forth and the act score it's like not the best so then i get uh accepted to to um to the school where i'm going right now Uh now on the first semester they gave me i believe nine or eight thousand scholarship now from the first year until the last semester what i had i maintained my GPA was mostly 4.0, but there were semesters when I dropped below a little bit. Uh-huh. But because of that high GPA, and again, because of the human trafficking victim green card, right. actually the last semester scholarship was a little bit over 20,000. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. Like, <laughs> <laughs> That's so cool. So you've been able to go to school, get support now. Do you, are you able to just go to school full time or do you also have to work? No, I do work. And in fact, I love to work and I love to stay busy. I do think that staying busy, it's what saves my life today every single day because I started to go to school and that was one thing, but I always like to do more. And I always, I still feel like, you know, that I'm behind because I'm behind Mm -hmm. with my age. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so I started to work in a restaurant with the degree. Mm-hmm. Now I get the chance to actually um, fund my own company, Just Bettina LSD, what does work with human trafficking survivors with ladies. And I did create a program for women specifically, how they can overcome this trauma and how they can get educated and come back into society and have a healthy life again. How okay that I want to stop on that. What is do you have a website? Do you have an email? I do, How does yes. somebody contact you, please? Yes, it's justbettina.com. Spell it and, out. Yeah, just as mm-hmm. just Bettina with two T's. Okay, so it's J-U-S-T-B-E-T-T-I-N-A.com, right? Yes, that's right. Okay, justbettina.com. And so if somebody is a victim of human trafficking or knows somebody who is, they can contact you there and you have resources. Yeah, for sure. Please do so. And I also have a YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. That's the same just Bettina as the channel where I do talk about um, a lot from like all kinds of aspect, like how society can have, how ladies can have, how finding education can have, how finding God can have. So like I'm, I'm going around this, this, um, this subject and that's what I work with. I think you have a beautiful, wonderful, powerful story that a lot of people can gain from. I'm so glad that you're using what you've been through and going around and making sure that that people hear that and that you're making these resources available. I have a question. I was thinking this earlier, but I I didn't want to interrupt you. Um, What do you think it is that made you... I feel like there's this moment where you kind of hit a rock bottom in your story where you decided, you know what, enough of this. I need to get off of drugs. I need to figure out where's my opportunity to get out of here. And you start opening your eyes a little bit. Is there anything that you can pinpoint that you think created that different direction for you? Or do you think it was just kind of divine intervention that one day you just woke up, a switch flipped and, and that's it? It was a combination of things. So one of the things is that my mom is actually really highly educated. Like she has like five or six degrees at this point. Mm. So she's a very smart woman and I always see her working like her. So mm. that's, that's something what I saw as a woman to do. And um, I, 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 what I knew that drugs are always a downward, cycle, downward spiral. So that's, it's no future with them. Now, with human trafficking or any version of prostitution, it's the same thing. So maybe that it's money to make in early twenties, but the older a person get, the worse he's gonna get. Mm-hmm. So I knew that I want to have a future, and I also knew that I want to have a life. And and it get down to a point when I was here in the United States all alone, no friends, no family, nobody. So I was like, if I don't start changing it, then nobody's gonna be here to have me. So. Mm-hmm. I have to do one step at a time and I have to start changing it from day to day. And the change doesn't come to, I can't tell you that it was a flip what I, what switched and I woke up that today it's going to be when I changed. But mm-hmm. what I knew is that money was so disgusting for me at one point that it didn't care. It didn't matter for me anymore. I knew that I want more than that. Like mm-hmm. having money, having financial stability, of course it's good. My company, it is for profit and it's, I want to make it successful. It, it's what I'm working for. Good for so you. money is a good thing and it gives freedom, but it's not all the thing. Mm-hmm. Like with money, I won't be able to buy a family. I won't be able to buy a husband. I won't be able to put emotion around me, real people, real mm-hmm. friends. So that was a motivation for me for sure because 
And like now, even looking back, you know, like now I can say that I have a relationship for multiple years and it's working and it takes a lot of work from him and from me too. I can say that I have a school for years what I finished and it's working and I'm performing really well for years. So these are moments what when when I feel that I'm successful, when I look back and again, this is none of it is something what where the money matters. So I can see that I'm healthy. That's, you know, incredible. I have my education and it's even just getting stronger by every day. And that's incredible. Mm-hmm. A relationship, a family, all of these things are matters so much more mm-hmm. than if I can pay a rent. You know, it's just, yeah, of course, like now it's different than on those three, four years what I had to go through and then I had to struggle with it. It sounds to me like the difference between you and someone else who maybe doesn't find their way out is you had an ambition, not just obviously for money, but you had an ambition for life. You knew that there was more out there and that slowly started to wake back up in you and you realized where you were wasn't it. I think the people who have a harder time are those who come from not as great of parents. They don't have as much um, they, they don't have a vision for life that you had. They don't know that there's more out there. Cause if you don't know that there's more out there, why would you reach for it? I feel like those are the people that may dive deeper into drugs and maybe even become suicidal or just not make it out. And that's what I'm really, you know, how do we figure that out for the person who doesn't see what you saw? How do we get them to realize that there's more? I agree and disagree with you a little bit. I agree with Good. the point. <laughs> I agree with the point that uh, that there are people who are coming from worse environment. But what I disagree with that the place where I'm coming from, it's a non-in place. In, oh, I'm sorry to say this, but Hungary is almost a third world country with no purpose, with no life living, with no financial stability. So I haven't had this. Besides having a loving mm. family, you know, I haven't had a. I haven't had that vision that that I want to build something incredible in the entire world. But when I came to the States, then then if the way how I was thinking that if the life, what I see on Instagram and on the TV and what was sought for me exists, then uh, I can build it. And not only that I can, I will build it. Got it. Now I understand. And I'm sorry for putting words in your mouth because you didn't say that. So what you're saying is yeah. you saw evidence that there was a better life out there and that's what you wanted that for yourself. And you believed yeah. that you could. So then I guess that would be my question is how did you know that you could? You just had the belief inside of you? You know, like I remember so many times when people were telling me that how much I don't work. And then I'm like, okay, okay I've heard this before. So tell me something new. So this didn't bother me anymore. Like, mm-hmm still as of today, like, you know, I've, I hear people saying that like, and I think it's always going to be like that, that when they complain, that like, I don't know, they complain about my English happens all the time. <laughs> so, and I feel like, okay, can you bring us something new? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. No, you're just too strong. You are so strong. You're not going to let anybody tell you that you can't. It's actually amazing. I don't know if you grew this way because of what you've been through, but it's amazing to me that you even allowed anybody to ever convince you that you were less than who you are. You know? And I feel the same way about every other woman out there because, yeah. because you know, women generally seem to be like emotionally more... Um, um, how do you... And how, how am I putting it in the right words? I'm not saying it that... Um, 
emotionally a lot more able to be convinced manipulate because, easier to manipulate yeah yeah, yeah because yeah. guys they are they usually they are like okay what well, this is my way my way and this is what i'm gonna go right and the woman it's like this is my way but i'm gonna ask my friends i'm gonna right. ask my other girlfriends right yeah so now when you get the bad or the not so useful girlfriends around then those are the ones who are making the decision instable and then that's when the confusion comes that which way am I going? Because it's too many voices making too much noise. Right, right. So clear the noises, get the vision straight. We have an old saying in the United States is if you stand for nothing, you'll fall for anything. And that's yep. what it is. You have to believe in who you are and what you want. And you can't let anybody tell you any different because if you let them have their way with you, they will. Exactly, exactly. And, and there's I no reason so why they, there's no reason why what they think is any more valid than what you think. They're just a person yeah. like you. Yeah. And so many times, you know, I always like I love to read stories like Bill Gates story, hmm. um Warren Buffett. Mm-hmm. I watch the documentaries, I read their books, I read their stories and then one thing what's what's the same in every story is people are telling them that they're not going to do anything in their life. So I'm like, okay, if I pass this stage, then the next stage can only be <laughs> Now, where's my billions? Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, that's funny when you start to see it that way, that people doubting you is actually maybe a sign of progress, right? Yeah, exactly. And then in church, they start, they, they, they are actually teaching this, you know, that you have to go in the way of the opposition. That's the yeah. sign where you have to walk through because that's the battles where you're fighting. So that's once it. you're done with this one, then the next level comes. You can't get stronger without resistance. You need exactly. something to push against you in order to get stronger. So yeah. you want to appreciate that. Huh? But I'm going to push harder. Yeah, absolutely. I can <laughs> see it. I feel like I'm talking to, you know, I, you're already so successful just in what you've accomplished and overcome today. But I, I feel like I'm talking to somebody who's going to continue to go on and do amazing things and change the Thank world. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Um, so. I guess in closing here, and you've been very gracious with your time, um, I will make sure that we have uh, the information about your website. And uh, what's the, do you know the best human trafficking hotline that somebody could call? Are you the best person to contact? Or is there a, what do you think is the best contact for somebody? If they had one phone call that they could make, what would it be? I think human trafficking hotline, Google it and call it. Okay. That's the best thing. My services cannot provide uh, a service when somebody goes and saves I do have resources, but for them, I have to reach out. However, if there is a person who is actually a victim right now, then, then, and I hope everybody who is listening, it is not okay. And you don't have to go through things what you are going through right now. So call those numbers because those people want to help you. Okay. That's wonderful. I'm going to find, I'm going to Google it. I'll get the main human trafficking phone number. I'll put it on right after our talk and I'll put it in the show notes. And hopefully at least if, if we can save one person that's in that situation, yeah. then that's I a always say, thing. you know, it's not about if we go to heaven, it's about how many people are we bringing with us. Absolutely. I, I love that. I love that. Uh, Bettina, thank you so much for your time and, uh, and for sharing your energy and your information and your story. I've benefited from it. I'm sure everybody else will as well. And I'll check out your YouTube. What's your YouTube again? It's just Bettina on the cool. same way how the website. Cool. We'll check that and out. Thank you. thank you so much for the invitation. And you guys are doing an amazing job with the podcast. Just keep going. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Take care. Thank you. You too. Bye. Bye-bye. I told you guys Betty was the bomb. Man, so powerful. Love that lady. So happy I got to meet you, Betty. I got to meet you, Betty. I'm so happy. (laughs) 
You added another little level of power to my life that I needed. Every single one of these survivors that I speak with, it powers me up. It gives me another, what it gives me? another something that I can grab onto. Another something. Imagine her journey. I mean, it's one thing to hear somebody's story, but have you envisioned what she went through? Picture that, man. This woman came here bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, big dream, and had it crushed. Strung out on drugs, trapped, separated from her family, nobody to turn to, and look at her, full of love, full of hope, that is a fucking bounce back, so much respect for you Eddie, Make sure you guys go to www.patreon.com slash webchats. We need more supporters. Sign up for the $2.99 plan. Hook it up. We need that. Hook it up. Five people sign up right now. Hook it up. Let's go. Love y'all. We'll be back next Tuesday. With a fresh episode. Fresh. This is what we do. What we do, baby. This is what we do. Spread love, baby. Yeah. Remember that. Take that with you. We out.